Hi, my name is Mike Saba. Let me just tell you how glad I am to be here today. (laughs) Um, Yesterday, I was sick as a dog about 24 hours ago, (laughs) and I was on the phone to Guy. Guy, help! (laughs) What am I going to do? And by God's grace and God's good mercy and my wife's help, we're here. And uh, I really wanted to share this uh, thing that I have here because I just got back from Israel on an archaeology dig, and I was so excited, and yesterday I was so sick, but here we are. So it's great, and it's really good to see a bunch of you here this morning. We were figuring that the crowd would be exceptionally small, and yet uh, I think we could rival those who are not here. So uh, that's great. The regular pastor will be here next week. Uh, he'll do uh, a real sermon. We don't know what we're going to get this morning, but uh, he'll do his regular expository preaching. Uh, let's open with a pr- word of prayer. Father, thank you for bringing us together here, and I ask and thank you. Uh, all right, thank you, Lord, for your special blessing and ha- allowing me to uh, feel so much better. And thank you for my wife and her encouragement, and thank you. Lord, for your son, Jesus Christ, and I also, Lord, want to pray that you would help us to to study this interesting subject of the Temple Mount, the history and archaeology of Israel, its current implications, and the truth of your word in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so as I said, I went on an archaeology trip over to Israel, and this was a uh, couple months ago. Gosh, was it a month ago? About six weeks ago. And I teach archaeology in the Bible up at COCC, a short little community education class. And I also teach archaeology in the Bible for Kilns College, which is the old high desert Christian college being retooled and brought to us all anew here in the fall. And so we will be giving you some uh, educational opportunities coming up here soon. But there's great scholars out there who teach or put together books in archaeology, but as one who teaches a subject, I thought, I need to get over into the field. And so I did, uh, and today is uh, just a slideshow showing you uh, a lot of what we did over there. It was a great time. It's good to see my friend Greg Goldbranson here. Greg, stand up. Uh, Greg Greg went with me over there. He did a lot of uh, uh, photography over there, and I think he would agree with me that it was just a wonderful opportunity. Uh, we spent a couple weeks over there. Anyway, let's go with the first slide. And what I'm going to do is work through, this is a slideshow, a PowerPoint project, uh, production. And this is, uh, when I normally do this under PowerPoint, this comes up like a Star Wars thing, you know. But up here, they said they can't do that. So you get it all at once. And this says, the Temple Mount, a journey to the center of the earth. And that's what I titled this message. And it reads, Israel is the navel of the world, Jerusalem is, the, is its center, and the temple is at the center of Jerusalem, and the Holy of Holies is at its center, and the Holy Ark is at a warehouse with the, that is owned by the CIA, no, not really, is at the center of the Holy of Holies, and in front is the foundation stone on which the world was founded. And in a lot of ways, the Temple Mount, the Holy of Holies, is at the center of our world. Next. And here is a view of the earth, and in many ways is true. Of course, this is the earth. This is Jerusalem. There's the Temple Mount. 
And there's the Holy of Holies right there in the middle. In a lot of ways, Israel, Jerusalem, the Holy of Holies is at the center of a lot of the education or the political, religious, and economic things that are going on in our world today. So it behooves us to know something about this piece of real estate. Okay, next. Uh, as I said, I went on an archaeology project. The, it was called the Temple Mount Sifting Project. There was 19 people on our team, and I would say this is probably one of the funnest 19 people that I ever was around. Uh, we just got along great and had a, had a wonderful time. Uh, we were from many different states, and one was from South Africa. We were there for two weeks, and the group that I went with is called the Associates for Biblical Research. And they are out of Pennsylvania, and they are a group that is conservative in their view of the Bible, and they lead archaeological digs over there, publish a magazine, uh, very, very good people. Okay, next. And this is our group. This is us over in Israel. And here I am tucked in the back so as to not ruin the photo. And I encourage Greg to get in the back so as to not <laughs> ruin the photo. Just a wonderful, actually a wonderful group of people. This guy is six foot seven, and one of the nicest guys I ever ran into. One of the ladies on our group said, what do you do, just go around and love on people all the time? This guy's just a great guy. This lady is 67, and here is the story. So I was coming back from the dig one time when we were walking back to home, and, she, and I'm walking with her, and I'm thinking, man, I hope she doesn't outrun me. I mean, she's in such good shape. She's just moving along. Great lady. This lady has been on like 18 or 19 digs. Uh, she's a secretary, but she goes all the time. This lady got baptized while we were over there in Jerusalem. This is the leader of our group, a missionary from Spain. Uh, just a great group of people. And that's who I went with, okay? And this is the Temple Mount itself, okay? Let's just take a look at this thing. Inside these borders is what is known as the Temple Mount, that walled structure. It's about 35 acres in size, okay? So when we say the Temple Mount, that's it, all right? And I'll give you some more detail on that. And before I show you the dig and what we did, what I need to do is kind of give you some of the facts about the Temple Mount and also some of the history so that you will know uh, just what it is that we dug up and why that it's significant, okay? Next. Okay, over there now, it's an intense political and religious situation. Um, boy, it, it's just amazing when you go over there. I mean, you get in a cab with somebody and they want to talk politics. You know, like, well, I don't think they should have done. And then you go and talk to the, the guy that's at a store and he'll say, well, they took our land. I mean, it's just, it's just intense. Boy, and people go, well, after I got back, well, did you figure out how to solve all the problems over there? The answer is no, I don't think there's any way that I would know how to do that. But anyway, so that's not the focus of this presentation is to get into the political and religious issues. However, I will show you where the heart of it all goes down to. Okay, this is going to be about the facts about the Temple Mount, the history and archaeology of it. I'm just going to follow the standard story that you would find anywhere uh, and my experience. So that's what we're going to do here as we work through this, okay? It's an intense situation over there, as I said. This is a machine gun. <laughs> this is our guard. <laughs> we got to our dig site, and there was the guy with the machine gun protecting us. 
the archaeologists themselves uh, pack guns. And it's really quite, a, quite an interesting cultural adjustment to get there and to see that situation. Um, you're getting a lecture from a high-quality archaeologist who's been published around and discovered things, and he turns around and he's got a, a big gun in his back pocket. So. And go ahead in the next. It's also, it was a great religious uh, experience over there, quite honestly. Uh, this lady here was one of our groups, and she wanted to get baptized in the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized, and that's about where we're at, right there. So we went up to uh, Cana for a, a little, or uh, Capernaum, Galilee area, and we were able to baptize her in the uh, Jordan River. So we had quite a variety of experiences while we were over there. Go ahead. This is, now just to get you oriented, of course, this is the eastern hemisphere of the world. Go ahead. And that is Israel. Okay, next. Here we got a little closer. This is Google Earth. This is, of course, just to get you oriented, Jordan, Syria, Egypt, Israel, and Jerusalem right there. And next, and Jerusalem is at, is in the middle of Israel. Okay, next. And here we have the city of Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem is kind of two different cities. If you go there, you'll see there's this big city all out here, okay? This is just kind of like any other big city like you would find in Southern California, kind of about that temperature. Jerusalem is 3,000 feet high, so, but it's down in, what is that, latitude or longitude, closer to the equator, but it's about the same temperature, the rolling topography up there. Um, it's similar to like Southern California, but right, go ahead, next slide. There is the Temple Mount right in the middle of Jerusalem. Okay, next. And here we have a closer, the Temple Mount again. And this tightly packed area is, is the money. That's the interesting part because that's called the old city. Okay, next. Again, we have the Temple Mount here and the old city. Now, we lived in this old city the new city, this big stuff out here, has just been built up in the last century. The, new, the old city goes back literally thousands of years, okay? And it's within these old Roman walls that's called that old city. And we lived up here for a couple weeks, and we could walk all around here and our dig, and I'll show you where that was here shortly. Next. Okay, a little more on the Temple Mount itself just to get you oriented. This is the Dome of the Rock. That is the money. That is the central building that is up there right now. That's the heart of the Temple Mount. Okay, next. And then you'll also see the mosque. It's a huge, it's Al-Aqsa Mosque. Old, old, old mosque. And this other area over here is called the Western Wall. It used to be called the Wailing Wall. And it was called the Wailing Wall because that's where the Jews went and until 1967, they captured all this, and it became, instead of the Wailing Wall, it became the Western Wall, okay? So you have these three distinct areas up here, Dome of the Rock, Mosque, and the Western Wall, and this is actually down on the other side. Next slide. And you can see that the Western Wall is actually down below the actual Temple Mount and is actually outside the boundaries of the Temple Mount, and is where the Jews go to pray. And that's their sacred area. Okay? 
the Dome of the Rocks. It's up here in the mosque. And again, this is just looking at it from a different angle. Okay, next. Picture of the Dome of the Rock, a beautiful building. Okay, marble on the outside. This is a Muslim shrine. It's not really a mosque. What's interesting is it's a, it's a shrine over the rock. It's the Dome of the Rock. And what is the rock? The rock is just the top of the mountain. So it's a shrine over the top of the mountain. And the reason it's, it's popular or sacred to Muslims is because they believe that Muhammad ascended from that point on his trip to, uh, to heaven, what's called the night journey. Okay? It's a little different than what we think of as the ascension of Christ, but that's a sacred spot, so they've got a dome over it. We'll show you how it intersects with the temple in just a minute here. Okay, next. Now, they don't let Westerners go into the Dome of the Rock. I should say they don't let uh, non-Muslims go in there. But we can roam around, and that's me actually standing there. I had to throw that in so you guys would believe I was there. <laughs> next, go ahead. This is the Western Wall, as I said, where the Jews worship. Outside the boundaries on, outside the retaining wall, but touching, touching that wall... Interesting area here. The men pray over here. The women pray over here. And there the twain shall, shall be together. It's a segregated uh, prayer area. Okay? These are always interesting. Grass growing out of the walls. Uh, oh, no, go ahead. I'll let you guess who I am in that show or in that slide. Uh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went there. And uh, these cracks here, this is where you'll see... People putting little uh, prayers in there. I don't know. I went there, and a lot of people think it's really cool. I didn't personally get much of a charge out of it, and I'll show you why later. I mean, I wasn't, didn't, wasn't disrespectful, but I thought, eh, it's, it's not who I am, and, and I'll show you why. I don't mean to be de- detrimental or uh, derogatory of the people that do, but uh, I had a different experience. But I went there. Okay, next. Now, the facts about the Temple Mount, just so you get kind of a a feeling here of what's going on. And by the way, in your bulletin, there's a little uh, flyer, okay, that that I'll show you. It's the time frame that I'm going to look at here real briefly, okay? Uh, And I'll show you what the flyer is. But anyway, this this Temple Mount is about 3,000 years old. It's 35 acres in size, okay? Think like Shopko Forum, not Shopko, Costco Forum Shopping Center size, okay? Out by Barnes & Noble, it's a huge platform, okay? There have been four or five main buildings over time up there. It's been controlled by over four-plus religions. Some of the history is a little vague, so we don't know for sure. It's been captured by many, 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 many countries. If you ain't captured Jerusalem, you ain't nobody, I'm telling you as far as countries go. It's now controlled by the Jews politically, but the Muslims control the Temple Mount religiously. Okay? This is under Jewish political control. They captured the city of Jerusalem in 67, uh, 1967. But they have allowed the Muslims to control that Temple Mount, that edifice, because it's their buildings that are up there now. So they kind of run that area. Uh, I'm a commercial real estate appraiser in my real life, and I've looked at this thing thinking, man, what would it cost to buy that? And I come up with, you can't buy it. You just have to have the biggest army, and you capture it, 
And yeah, keep it. <laughs> because you can't buy this thing. It's really amazing. Okay, next. Here's a little timeline. I'll walk you through this. This is in your uh, bulletin. This will kind of give you some of the orientation here as to how this all flows together. Um, all right. On the, we got about a 3,000-year history. Our, our history comes in at about 1,000 B.C. when King David captured the uh, city of Jerusalem. Okay? And then shortly thereafter, he had a son by the name of Solomon. And Solomon built what's known as the first temple. And that's this building here in red, okay? And that's the temple you read about in the book of Kings and so on and so forth, where the, and they do sacrifices there. And it lasted for about 400 years. And then the Babylonians came in and destroyed it in 586, okay? Now, some of this is probably, yeah, it's a little technical, uh, but, you know, you kind of have to know some of this background to understand the Bible, and to understand the archaeology, and you'll see it in, in a little while how Jesus works into this story. So if you get the technical background, you'll, you'll, you'll be uh, glad that you kind of understood the history behind it. Okay, so the Babylonians discovered, destroyed it. And there was nothing there for a while. And then this guy with a million-dollar name, Zerubbabel, led the Jews back out of captivity from Babylon And he came back in about 536, and in 516, they built a new temple. Not as impressive as the old one, but that starts this green phase here. Now, interestingly enough, if you look at the green, you'll see two shades of green. This is all called the second temple period. (laughs) But there were two temples up there. Zerubbabel's temple lasted about 400 years or so, and then Herod from uh, Bible infamy, you know, the one that killed the children. He, in, in, when Christ was uh, first born there, he tore down the old one or refurbished the old one and built a new temple there. But it's still called all the second temple period because the sacrifices never stopped, okay? So this temple period went on through this whole time frame. Okay, second temple, two phases, And then this second phase of the second temple is where Christ came. And then shortly thereafter, the Romans came in and destroyed it. And then there was possibly a Roman temple up there. We don't know. And then the Muslims captured the the city of Jerusalem and built the Dome of the Rock. And that's the time frame we're in now under that blue section. Now, during this, and they built that at 692. The Crusaders came in here and captured that. And then about a hundred, about 1,099. And then about a hundred years later, the Muslims captured it back. And then the Turkish Empire came in and captured it. Then the British captured it. And the Israelis got it. And then the Israelis captured it. And that's about half to a third of those who have really captured it. There's all kinds of people coming and going in here. I've just picked out the main spots. Okay. Now, now you know sort of the history of this thing in the background. So when I'll show you what we find, found in our digs, you'll see where it fits into this timeline. Okay, next. Okay, when David first captured Jerusalem, it was just this little dot down here, just down on a ridge. And the temple mount is actually up here, but there was no temple. Next. 
his son Solomon expanded to Jerusalem and built the first temple up there on that ridge. Next. Now, what's interesting is, of course, we still have that city of David here, and here's the Temple Mount. So that's how it fits in today. So it's all there, of course, geog- ge- uh, as far as geography. But the walls here have moved around, and the city of David, which was the original city, is no longer in the city walls. Kind of a weird anomaly. These walls are built by Romans, and that old city is now in the city of David, tails outside. Okay, next. This is the temple built by Solomon. <clears throat> uh, a, a very impressive uh, deal for that time frame. Keep going. Next. Of course, that wasn't the, that was just a drawing of the picture of Solomon. I don't want to <laughs> have any real pictures of it. But it was built according to this tripartite plan. Out front, you have a portico. And then in the inside, you have what's called the holy place. And then here's the real inner place, the Holy of Holies, okay? Outside was the altar where they did the sacrifices, and then the bronze sea where they did the cleanup. Uh, They had a bunch of water in there, of course, and they would wash themselves. But this tripart division. Okay, next. And so here we go with a cutaway view, the entry portico, the holy place, and then back here, the Holy of Holies and the Ark of the Covenant, and the cherubim, and so on and so forth. Next. Okay, again, a side view. Very ornate in here. Very beautiful. And then you go up, and in the Holy of Holies, and there's the Ark of the Covenant. Now, here's an interesting little myth that is common in our world today, and that is the belief that when the Temple Mount, or that when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies... You know, he did that once a year. Once a year, does everybody know what was tied to his legs? What's that? And what else? Yeah, it's not true. <laughs> there were no ropes ever tied to his legs. That's a complete urban legend. <laughs> we asked him over there, and there's, there's guys ready to rebuild this whole temple. And he says, everybody from the world asks him this question. What about the ropes? And he goes, there is no ropes. It's not in the Bible. It's not in any ancient li- literature. Nothing. No ropes. It's all, but you hear it all over the place. I used to believe it and I probably taught it. This guy went in there. He might have had bells. He went in once a year. He sprinkled blood on the ark. Okay? But no ropes to pull him out if he died. Never happened. Just an urban legend. Okay? And go Next. This is the Ark of the Covenant. Every American wants to know, well, where is that really? And that's what they said over there. Every American asked me, where's the temp- Where's the Ark? And uh, the answer is nobody knows. It might be in Babylon somewhere. It might be buried on the Temple Mount. Uh, might be melted down. Nobody knows. But this is the central part of the Jewish worship system. The Ark above here, this is the mercy seat where God's glory would appear and and they would sprinkle the blood right up there once a year. Okay? Next. Okay? Back here. Went all the way through that first temple period. Next. Okay. Now we have Jerusalem. 
after the Babylonians came in in 586 and they tore down the, the city or they tore down the Temple Mount, Zerubbabel leads him back and he rebuilds it. Temple again. Next. And here's Zerubbabel's temple, similar to but of lesser scale than Solomon's temple. Next. And then we come down to here, the green, the heavy dark green. Next. And we get Herod's temple. And this is the temple that we're most interested in because Jesus came to this temple. And King Herod, although he was a butcher and a horrible individual, he was a great builder. He built and built and built and built. And he rebuilt this temple into a fancy, fancy operation. Okay, next. Here's a schematic. This whole portico, all of this area here, these are uh, porticos where people could meet inside there. And this is the temple that Jesus came to. Okay? You've got these walls here that the Gentiles could not go past. The main temple edifice itself, the court of the women. Uh, and on this floor here, we actually found in our dig, and I'll show you this in a minute, some of the mosaics that decorated that temple floor. That was kind of a cool moment because they found out or they've learned that this used to have designs on it much as you would put in your tile, say if you had uh, in your bathroom or wherever you put mosaics in. Well, they had huge designs on that Temple Mount floor, and we found one of them, just a little piece of them, but it was a good moment. Next, another picture of what his temple looked like. Again, this is the temple that Christ would have seen. This is a mock-up, a miniature. Next, same thing, a mock-up. Miniature, next. All right, now, here is why this western wall is important and why it's sacred to the Jews. This western wall right down here retains some of the building blocks that were in Herod's Temple Mount. Okay, go next. These stones right down here, now, if you look at these stones, you can tell there's different styles, okay? This might have been built by the Turkish, the Crusaders, the Babylonians. Who knows, okay? But once you learn who's who and who's what in here, if you look through here, you can see that down here, it, there's a different style of stone. And if you know what you're looking for, you can go, oh, there's a, a Her Herodian ashlar, which is just a name for a big rock. And so what we have here and why this is sacred is because there are remains here from Herod's temple, a temple where there was real sacrifices, where the Jews were in charge of their own destiny, or they were a nation. I guess they weren't at this it, during that whole time, but you will see down in here, and that's why that's a sacred place, because it goes back to the actual second temple. Okay? Interesting stuff. Well, I went down there, and we could see the stones. I had seen pictures of them before, and we, you can pick them out. I knew what we were looking at as I saw it. And wow. 2,000-year-old building right there, and that's why, it's, uh, that's why it's a special spot for them. Okay, go. Next. Okay, we come right into here. That place uh, was, was torn down by the Romans as they came in. Okay, next. And now what we have today is the Dome of the Rock, okay? And that's been here for 1,300 years. It's actually a very beautiful building. 
but a Muslim building, not a Jewish building. Next. And if you want to see the heart of why there's a lot of controversy over there, let me give you just a little clue. And again, we're not taking sides here because I honestly don't know all the politics that are going on. But let me give you just some insight to the Middle East. (laughs) See this little schematic right here, this blue line? That blue line is the outline of the Dome of the Rock. And this yellow part here is the rock itself. And the best reconstruction guys that have tried to figure out where the actual temple sat says it sat right there. And that is the Holy of Holies. And right there is where the Ark of the Covenant sat. In the Dome of the Rock, in the rock itself, there's an impression in the ground that's just the same size as the ark itself was, and an additional place where you could put the scroll, the Torah, right next to it. All right. That's a problem. (laughs) If you think that this is where you need to worship God and somebody else's building is there, that's a conflict, you see. Now, Christians don't get into this, and I'll show you why later, but now you see why there's tension. I went to a... a, um, a meeting over there, and, and there are a group of Jews who, want, who are building up money to rebuild that temple. They've, they've raised $20 million. They've got a whole area there where they have a theater and they show visitors everything that's, go, that's going on and all they've built, and they've rebuilt the menorah. It's like, what, six, seven feet tall, would you say, Greg? It's solid gold menorah. They've already started rebuilding all the implements for the temple, and they've got that menorah outside looking down on the Temple Mount area. It's all encased in glass or some such thing, plastic, probably bulletproof. But they're ready to go. And so I'm in there and I'm sitting there. There's a crowd, you know. I raise my hand. What do you think I would have asked them? Uh, What are you going to do with the Dome of the Rock? (laughs) I mean, How can you rebuild your temple and the Dome of the Rock is right there? And they said, it's God's problem. He'll figure it out. Okay. (laughs) But it was an interesting moment. But that is very much the heart of what's going on right now in the Middle East. It's that rock right there. And who owns it? And where do you worship God? It's specially done there. Well, the other guy's building is there. That's a problem. I guess it's not up to us to figure it out, but that is so you'll know where a lot of this comes from. Next. Okay. Let me just work through our excavation stuff. This is the Temple Mount. Right below A here, there is an underground mosque, a huge mosque. They went in and they dug an emergency exit right there to that mosque. They took the dirt. Next. And they just dumped it. And a lot of people just went livid. Wait a minute. There's a lot of history in that. You can't do that. Next. They just dumped it. Next. So the Israeli Antiquities Authority, after a little while, got together and said, we got to fix this. We will find out what was in there. So next. So they went and dug it up. And they moved it to, and this is an aerial photo, 
of the sifting site where we worked at. Okay? And so they took this dirt that they had just dumped into the valleys there, and they scooped it up, and they brought it to this site. This is the Arab Red, or Muslim Red Cross building, by the way, and this was our site right behind them. I don't know. Next. And they sifted it all out and took this, the rock, and they put it into different piles. Next. And this is called dry sifting. And then they got gophers like me and Greg to pay them money to, for the privilege of coming over and sorting out their rocks. It was really quite a, quite a, quite a fun thing. No, it, was really, it really was fun, to tell you the truth. But archaeology is hard, dirty work. It's better to read the books. Go one time, learn how to do it, know what you're doing. But if you've got a day job, keep it. So this is dry sifting. Next. And then you take the dirt, put it in these buckets. So you soak it. Okay. Next. And then this is our workstation. We went in here and... You put it on these screens here, and you wash it down with these hoses. Okay? Very, very mind-numbing work, to tell you the truth. Next. And then you go through it, basically rock by rock. And this guy's a Jewish fella. This is his kippah. Okay? People always ask me, what's that on his head? That's kind of like what we would call a yarmulke. Okay? And you go through it rock by rock, trying to figure out what's in there. What have you found? Okay, this is where it gets interesting. Next, well, this doesn't get interesting. This is just me. But I worked in the, I worked at a place where we sorted pottery. Okay, pottery. If you know any, different people made different pottery at different places at different times. So if you know about pottery historically, you can tell who was there, what they built, you know, what time this thing, this city was tipped over, or what time it was constructed, or when the wars came through. And so I sat down here mainly because it was easy, because I could sit in a chair as opposed to working all day, um, and, and sorted pottery, okay? And I, you get to know, oh, well, this is this kind of pottery, and you put it in this pile, and yada, 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 like that, okay? And it was, uh, it was fun, because I learned a little bit. Next. And here are the finds. Okay, all of that to show, give you some background. Now you get to see what we find, what we found there, Okay. Know a little bit about the Temple Mount. Know a little bit about the history, why it's important. These are the finds that have been found in this dig that were not found by our group, okay? There's been other groups up there, so I'll show you some of the significant things that have been found. This is an Egyptian scarab. This is a lioness goddess, okay? An Egyptian scarab is kind of like a good luck charm, okay? You wear it in your pocket, and this is extremely old. This is from what's known as probably the Late Bronze Age, about 12 to 1400 B.C., which is before that David even built, even captured Jerusalem. So what's happening here? Well, the, you know, the Egyptians, they make things, put it in your pocket, you pass it down to your kids. They walk around, they go to war, they go to Jerusalem to shop, it falls out of their pocket, somehow it gets mixed into the... Temple Mount area, blah, 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 goes over time, and somebody finds it thousands of years later. An amazing find, actually. This is over 3,000 years old. Next. That would be back in this time frame, way back here. Okay, next. This is an important find. Comes from, this says on it, this is a bula. 
There's a piece of clay that they used to use, and they would put a signet ring into the clay to seal it, put it around a document. On this bula, it says, Galiyahu, son of Emir. They found this in the dig. And this, in the book of Jeremiah, it references a fellow named Priest Pashur, son of Emir. It's the same guy. So they found the name of an actual biblical figure. It's cool. Next. Okay, that's clear back in this time frame here. Next, variety of arrowheads, lots of wars. So, of course, you're going to find arrowheads everywhere. Next, Hellenistic arrowhead from the Greek time frame. Next, this is a nasty little bugger. It's a Babylonian arrowhead. Okay, it sticks in you and then it catches right there. Now, here's why this is important. The Bible says that the Babylonians attacked this temple, okay? So when you go up to the temple and you actually find Babylonian arrowheads, if you dig up there, kind of correlates, you see, how archaeology begins to support the historicity of the Bible, okay? A slinging stone, next, okay? That's from this time frame, next. Now, here's one I like. This is a, a jug handle, for Ernest and Julio Gallo of Jerusalem. <laughs> this is the Jerusalem Rose Wine Company. Just a regular merchant's wine bottle. That's his stamp and it's a handle right there. Next. A perfume flask. Kind of cool. They had perfume back then. A lot of lady with a nice hair and different hairdo there. Next. A goat head. Who knows if it is actually... A toy or an idol or whatever. But this is probably from the second temple period. Okay? That's a major find. Next. Dice. That's a Roman dice. You know this dice? Look at this. They put the dots on the dice the same way we do. But I guess there's only so many ways you can put four dots on a piece of dice. One of the gals in our group found one of these. Not this pair here. But found this little itty-bitty dice. And I went up and looked at it. It's so cool. It's little tiny dice. And they're from the Roman time frame. And they're just little tiny pieces. Hey, they cast lots, right? Through dice. Next. This is just a decorative thing, a ball with a string on it. Next. Comb. The teeth are busted off. The Jews were just major bath takers. They had these things called mikvahs. They'd go down in them. You come back out, you got to comb your hair. They had tons of combs. Their teeth are broken off, but that's an ancient comb. Next. Beads all over the place. Next. Coins. St. Christopher. This is from the Dome of the Rock time frame. Next. More coins all the way up to, this is 1858. Okay? So you can see the history of this place. Boy, you never know if you're going to find... 1858, nearly the Civil War time frame, all the way back to the Egyptians, you know, the things that have been going on in this area. Next, more coins. Coins back then were not as round as we have, them. they didn't stamp them out quite as well. Next, an Arabic ring with some inscriptions on it. Next, and rubber bullets, a modern thing. <laughs> so they shoot each other with modern bullets. Or rubber bullets. Next. Okay, that's clear up over into this time frame. So you, you can find stuff all through that time frame. Next. 
This is our stuff that we found. This is an amazing ancient coin that somebody on our dig found. You can see here the writing, and they didn't know what this was. The archaeologists on site, they had to go for special analysis, but this is one of the things that our group found. Next. This is uh, part of that floor to Herod's temple that, that we found, an amazing hexagonal piece that was intact, part of the mosaic. Next. Here's some pottery, and you'll notice these handles out here. Pottery always has handles. Next. And this is a piece of pottery that Greg and I found. And you'll notice these little thumb notches. Okay, it's not a big deal, but we, they thought it was cool because, and remember, pottery is made differently by different people at different times. So if you get different pottery, it means something. So here we had some pottery with thumb notches in it. No, they had not seen that before. So they were all excited. Put it in the book. Put it in the book. So we got, we got our names in the book. Anything, if you found anything good, you got your names in the book. They send it back to the lab for analysis, and then they'll send you an email saying, ah, it was just a handle to a piece of pottery. We don't know. But anyway, we'll get, a, we'll get a report. It's kind of fun. Next. Okay, here's the summary of what we found. Before the first temple, 1% of the stuff. The second, or the first temple, 15% of the stuff. Like those Babylonian arrowheads. That Bula, you know, the Bible says there was a temple there. So you go up there and you can't do archaeology on the temple, but you get a little bit of it. What do you find? You find stuff that's consistent with the biblical record. Very interesting. Second temple period, 35%. The Roman Byzantine period, 19%. Dome of the Rock period, 30%. Next slide. Here's what I really, and this is my conclusion. While I was there, I could not help but think about this. Sir, the woman said, I can, this is chapter 4, book of John. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place, the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain the Samaritans had, a, had an alternate temple back then. But Jesus said, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Our worship to God is everywhere. It's all the time. It isn't at a place. It isn't on a special day. It's everywhere. It's all of you. It's all the time. We're called to be Christians every minute of the day. Every place we're at. You don't go to the temple anymore and do a special sacrifice. Nothing there. It's in your heart. It's everywhere you go. And it's all the time. And I kept walking around thinking that. Man, you must be born again to spiritual worship. And no, you know, we're, we're different. And things have moved on from a special place. Huh? You resonate with that? You think, you know, I kind of think that through. Every day, every place, all the time. In spirit and in truth. It's a different thing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to see the history of your word and your Bible. 
Help us, though, to understand that in many ways Christ elevated this thing to in spirit and in truth. In his name we pray. Amen. <laughs>